Hello there, I'm Brandon Juliet, the host of the Update Podcast. And if you're listening to this, you should be familiar with what I'm about to say by now, but if you're new, allow me to explain. Uh, by if you're hearing this, you should be a bit familiar with the Update's annual routine. Every once in a while, we go on a little bit of a hiatus during the summer, and I personally start growing facial hair. But, of course, I'm, hope- I'm not going to have this for very long, you know, because my wife... <laughs> and I'm looking forward to starting new episodes of the update very soon. In the meantime, however, I, we have some very special gifts for all of you. We've been doing this show long enough to, you know, get to know each other pretty well. But not a lot of people have probably heard our first episodes from way back in 2017. Well, we're gonna be, we've been rectifying that by going into our archives and playing every single episode of the update from year number one. And if you missed them, don't worry, we're gonna be recycling them again very soon. Year number four of the update was a year that really does not need any explanation. But if, in case you've had your head under a rock and were unaware of what's been going on, Year number four was a year that was dominated by COVID and the pandemic. Literally, we went from being in the WKRB studios to being on the road within the snap of your fingers and watching everything shut down around us. It was very scary at the start, but we persevered and we continued to find a way to move forward. You see, journalists, they don't fade away. They just keep coming back for more. So, enjoy enjoy year number four of the update. Excuse me. And uh, we'll be back with new episodes very soon. So, in the words of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hoping that your news will be good news, I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck. Be safe. Please be well. And I'll see you with new episodes of the update soon enough down the road. This is the update with Brandon Julian, reporting tonight on the road. And a very pleasant good afternoon to you on this Wednesday, Brandon Julian, of course, host of the update, reporting today from St. George in the state of Ireland, where the number of cases, of course, in Staten Island has not even cracked a thousand months into this crisis. We still have a lot of news and developments to get to. We are going to begin, of course, with the latest words from Governor Cuomo. Uh, He sounded his most dire warning yet about this pandemic, with the numbers today reaching nearly 31,000 positive cases here in the state and 18,000 here in the city. He said today that the infection rate here in New York is accelerating. Uh, The state could be two to three weeks away from a crisis that sees 40,000 people in intensive care. Of course, such a a surge, I should say, would swamp the hospital system, which now just have 3,000 intensive care unit beds in the entire state. Cuomo said that the rate of new infections is doubling about every three days. John Hopkins University data shows that there have been more than 30,800 positive cases in New York State. 
And down in Tallahassee in Florida, the governor there, Ron DeSantis, has now asked President Trump to declare Florida as a disaster area, saying that the coronavirus outbreak is having a drastic effect on the state's economy and medical providers. His letter to Trump that was released back on Monday says that Florida's hospitals and first responders are facing challenges that are very rarely experienced. A declaration also would make Florida eligible for federal aid. There is no hurricane, but DeSantis wrote that the state has already spent over $200 million and its medical system is already burdened, with limited testing showing more than 1,400 people infected and 17 deaths. Trump, though, has not yet acted on the request. There is other news of this day to get to, and we will address those when we return in just 60 seconds. Ranger Station, Ranger speaking. Hi, I'd like to report a bear hug. Uh, okay. Well, before I left my campsite, I was putting out my fire, and out of nowhere, Smoky Bear showed up and hugged me? So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. He likes it when people correctly put out their campfires. He's pretty big on wildfire prevention. He's just letting you know you did good with a uh, hug. He's a hugger. I just got a bear hug from Smoky Bear. <laughs> Status update! Alright, I'm gonna let you go now. I've got uh, a lot of uh, ranger stuff to do. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. Welcome back, everyone. Some of the other news of this Wednesday. The former lawyer for President Trump has now been denied early release from a three-year prison sentence for, excuse me, for campaign finance fraud and also for lying to Congress. U.S. District Judge William H. Pauley III said that Cohen's request, Michael Cohen, for release after serving 10 months in prison appears to be just another effort to inject himself into the news cycle. The judge noted that Cohen raised the danger of getting coronavirus in prison as the latest reason why he believed that he was entitled to a reduced sentence. He also rejected the request on other grounds, including that the defense lawyers were making a request that only prosecutors were entitled to make. The prosecutors also opposed early release. And the once high-flying California attorney, Michael Lavinati, now wants a judge to reject a jury verdict that he that found that he tried to extort Nike. Lawyers for Avenatti filed written arguments late yesterday, and late on Monday, I should say, in Manhattan Federal Court. They say a judge should take the rare step of overturning the jury verdict that, overturned, that convicted him of trying to extort up to $25 million from the shoemaker. Avenatti is doing a sentence in June. He also faces a trial here in New York later this year on charges that he cheated porn star Stormy Daniels of the proceeds of a book deal, and a trial in Los Angeles on charges that he ripped off clients and others. Time for us to step aside for a moment. When we return on the update this Wednesday, we're going to talk some sports and how the Justice Department 
is getting involved in a federal civil rights lawsuit. We'll give you the details. And also we'll have the latest national news, including how the $2 trillion coronavirus package is one step closer to being a reality. And that also includes those direct payments to most Americans. It's all coming up when the update with Brady Julian returns in just 60 seconds. Music is a bridge between the material and the spiritual. My name is Harvey Lauer, and I'm 82. As a blind person, you have to be aware that nobody can tell you what you can or can't do. You really have to try things. My folks got me a little radio in 1940, and that was the best Christmas present I ever got. When I was 11 years old is when I started to uh, play music, play the piano, and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Listen to us on Mixcloud to learn more about the stories that matter to you. And did you miss out on any episode of The Update? Listen to us anytime at Mixcloud.com slash the WKRB Update. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking sports on this Wednesday. Let's start over in Hartford in Connecticut, where the U.S. Justice Department is now getting involved in a federal civil rights lawsuit that seeks to block transgender athletes in Connecticut from competing as girls in interscholastic sports. Attorney General Bill Barr argued in a filing that was signed yesterday that a state policy that allows to athletes to compete as the gender with which they identify violates Title IV, the federal law that allows girls equal educational opportunities, including in athletics. A state athletic conference argues, though, that its policy is in accordance with both federal law and a state law that requires public school students to be treated according to their gender identity. And NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell has now instructed the 32 teams to close their facilities to all but a few players, all but a, excuse me, all but a select few employees, by six o'clock today. Uh, in a memo to the, in a memo to the teams, Goodell said that the restrictions meant as a safeguard against the coronavirus that'll be in effect until at least April 8th. Uh, then the league will reevaluate using the medical advice from medical experts and health authorities. The few exceptions include trainers and doctors treating players, security, and technology personnel. Time for us to step aside again when we return on the update this Wednesday. We'll have the latest national news, including the details that the coronavirus relief package, nearly $2 trillion, is one step closer when again... The update returns in just 60 seconds. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish dad. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. 
Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish dad. Oh, come on. (laughs) This is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everyone, to the update this Wednesday. Let's talk some national news. We'll start over the United Nations. UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez now has launched a $2 billion appeal to help vulnerable and conflict-torn countries in the Middle East, Asia, Africa, and South America tackle the coronavirus pandemic and prevent COVID-19 from again circling the globe. The UN chief called that amount, quote, a drop in the ocean, though, noting today that the U.S. Senate is seeking $2 trillion for the U.S. economy. UN Humanitarian Chief Mark Lowcock also announced a $60 million contribution from the UN's Emergency Relief Fund to kickstart the appeal. Gutierrez said that $2 billion is essential to keep economies and health systems in the developing world afloat. Meanwhile, the Attorney General for Wisconsin, Josh Call, is now leading a coalition of 16 attorneys general in urging President Trump to use the Defense Production Act to boost production of masks and respirators in the fight against COVID-19. Cohen says that healthcare workers, law enforcement, and other first responders, uh, quote, need resources now. The Democratic Attorney General says that Trump must act now and use his broad power to address shortages in critical supplies. Uh, Trump, though, has encouraged companies to increase the production. In Washington, the House, the White House, I should say, and Senate leaders of both parties have now reached agreement on a $2 trillion measure to rush aid to businesses, workers, and a healthcare system that's been slammed by the coronavirus pandemic. The urgently needed measure is the largest economic rescue measure in history. The Senate is likely to pass the measure this afternoon. In the House, though, leaders are hoping to clear the measure of President Trump's signature by a voice vote without having to call lawmakers back to Washington, but that itself may prove challenging. The unprecedented economic rescue package would give a direct, a, a direct, I should say, a one-time payment of $1,200 per adult and $500 per child directly to the public. The bill, though, was sure to be opposed by some conservatives that are upset at its cost and scope, and some House liberals are also restless as well. On Wall Street, stocks were wobbling in the tentative early trading as a historic worldwide rally was downshifting dramatically just after a day. Uh, the S&P 500 was less than up was up less than 1% in midday trading after drifting up and down in a relatively tight band through the morning. Stocks had surged to historic gains a day earlier on the expectation that Washington was near agreement on a $2 trillion package to weigh the economy. 
Uh, the White House and Senate leaders did announce a deal early today, but the number of new coronavirus cases is continuing to rise. Investors are expecting markets to remain volatile until that number slows down. And finally, one of the nation's biggest health insurers is now waiving patient payments for hospital stays tied to the coronavirus. CVS Health's Atina said today that many of its customers will not have to make co-payments or other forms of cost-sharing if they wind up admitted to a hospital in the insurer's provider network. The move could save those patients thousands of dollars depending on their coverage. The waiver lasts through June 1st. It applies to the insurer's 3.6 million customers who have fully insured coverage, which is usually offered through a small business. Our thought for today is from Flannery O'Connor, an American author, born in 1925 and died in 1964. Our thought for today is, the truth does not change according to our ability to stomach it emotionally. I want you guys ponder on that as we say in the words of Walter Cronkite, that is the way it is. Wednesday, March the 25th, 2020. That is the update on this Wednesday from St. George in Staten Island. I'm Brandon Chu, and we appreciate you joining us. And in the words of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hoping that your news is good news. Stay safe out there. I thank you very much for joining us. Good luck, be well, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Thank you.